0: You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Chris. Yeah. Your microphone situation. You can hear all of it every time. It's like my kids. I can't get it to sit right now. Yeah. Um, Oh, I didn't tell you before we hit the record button. But, uh, so you know that song, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Yep. Like the Peterson's version of it. Okay. You know the... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I tried to... I was trying to come up with the Christmas series that won't start until the 18th. Okay. We've got two more Sundays in yeah. First Samuel for right now. Which Corey was like, "You're not gonna start a Christmas series this Sunday?" And I was like, "Corey, no, I'm not." She said, "I don't care what." I said, "I don't care what people think. We're not done with this." So. That's solid. I know. Well, we gotta have. We can't end in a very negative. We got. Oh we yeah. Gotta, we got Sam. To we gotta have Samuel stepping through the light here before we take a little first Samuel break. So I'm not starting until the 18th, but I was trying to put this series together, knowing that we have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is a Sunday morning, which mm-hmm. you have communion, by the way. I do, I know. On Christmas morning. First one, I know. Um, Thank you. So anyways, I split it into three uh, three messages. One will be longer, the other two will be shorter messages. Um. Calling the series God Rest You. And I emailed the Petersons and I was like, Can I use what? the intro of this song and a bumper like for our church video? And they were like, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No way. Um, so I have a little bumper for the 18th, 24th, and 25th. We'll Did you
0: ask them if they wanted to come play at our church? Sometimes? Yeah. No, I didn't.
1: I'm sure we could, but it'd be expensive. <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah so I emailed them and their little office manager they were very nice finally emailed me back and I'm mm-hmm. like yeah of course uh, awesome so God rest you is our Christmas series it will start December 18th and <laughs> most people that will listen to this don't care but I was like I was just gonna call it God rest you but I was like no everyone's gonna think they're gonna make Kanye West jokes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all I'll hear is ye, like "God rest ye." And this is a bad time to be a the Kanye West supporter. Um, depending on where you stand, uh, just um, <laughs> or it's a ba- it's a bad time to stir up Con- Kanye West drama when you're just yes. trying to teach on the birth of Jesus. That's good. Sorry, yeah. there you go. That's the way I was going to go with it. So anyways. <laughs> um. Alright, well, 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 let's get started. Um, oh, well, that's a little recap. Last uh, week was Thanksgiving. Yep. How was it for you?
0: Fantastic. had a great time. My uh, kids and I uh, usually watch the parade until uh, my dad showed up, and then we all went up to my grandma's house in North Carolina, had lunch, um, saw some of my favorite people who don't live so close, so mm-hmm. it was good.
1: You? It was terrible. Terrible? No, it was good. Um, We uh, drove up to Kentucky. We hadn't been in a while and had uh, Thanksgiving, I guess, first at her uncle's. um, And then we drove over to Elizabethtown, Kentucky, where my sister lives, which is a long way away. It's like five and a half hours from here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, But they had some good food. They'd already eaten but they just left food out all day. So I just I ate a lot. I told people on Sunday I said I ate. I don't think I experienced this until later in my life. At least at this point in my life where you eat so much where you can't it hurt it, it's uncomfortable to sit down, you know. Yeah. I think maybe it's just cuz your belly's like there's nowhere for us to go. And we just I did not do
0: that this year. Yeah.
1: Oh, I did. That was good. Well, good for you. Um, are you like on a workout plan? No, not yet. But I just <laughs> didn't
0: want to be uncomfortable this year, so well, I didn't go overboard. No, I went
1: <laughs> way, way overboard. Um, I know so, the feeling that you were talking
0: about very well, and I just, I'm, yeah, I'm, my, like, I'm over it.
1: My brother-in-law, um, uh, fried like four turkeys, and jeez. Well, they had like, pe- they had a lot of people there even before we got there, mm. um, and it was so good. I I think I watch every year. You watch like hundred. There's these hundreds of videos people will post of how to cook oh. a turkey, and I just think, just fry your turkey. Like I don't think there's a better way to cook a turkey. Um,
0: I think I did have a little bit of turkey because it is Thanksgiving, but I think I ate mostly ham.
1: Oh, if there was ham, yeah. I was getting. I was yeah. Mm-hmm. The, they they had ham uh, there at my sister's in a crock pot um, with, like, a bunch of spices in it. No, you, that's not for you? No. You just, like, <laughs> cover it up like the oven. kill this pig, <laughs> warm him up, and I'm ready to eat. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, we tackled all of First Samuel 5 on Sunday. Yeah. Um I tried really hard to come up with something shorter than this, and I couldn't. I thought so, you were going to say something more positive than this. But no, okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm just teaching the text. The text was not positive. It's not very positive this Sunday. So It's not my fault. Everyone in the Bible and, and everyone today just ruins their lives. <laughs> uh, so It's four ways to respond to the heavy hand of God. And I really tried to think of a way to shorten that. But I think the heavy hand of God was such a, the driving force of that chapter. It's like, okay, well, that's, what, that's where we have to go. Yeah. So yeah. I want people to know that me being accurate should be more important than me being catchy. Uh-huh. So. okay. That's my goal, at least. Hold on. my. Someone's texting me. Okay. Sorry, I got it. It was a church text text message. Um, I'll respond later. All right. So four ways. Here's the first three. Um, All in the negative. One, ignore all the warning signs. So, Chris, these are all just quick recap questions uh, for you to get us up to speed in First Samuel five. Where did the Philistines first take the Ark of God?
0: Uh, to the city of Ashdod, which is located by the Mediterranean Sea. Um, more sp- specifically, they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon.
1: Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're saying it right. Am I? What did you say? I, I just called him Dagon on Dagon? And the only reason I, I said it that way on Sunday, because I couldn't preach this whole message. And say, dagon And say, dagon. <laughs> <laughs> just, the Even when I'm typing dagon. it and, and studying, and I'm like, just don't. I can't. I'll be way too distracted dagon. if I just say, dagon, all The whole message. So it was dagon, dagon for me. But I think you're more correct. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, okay. uh, so what is uh, <laughs> dagons? Dagons. I usually look up how to pronounce words, and I did not.
0: I was like, I was pretty confident, and now you've made me question (laughs) my entire study today, so
1: thank you. You're very welcome. But go on. All right, so (laughs) what is this God, what did the statue look like? Uh,
0: Dagon, or Dagon, was the chief (laughs) deity of the Philistines. And the worship of this pagan god dates back to about the third millennia B.C., According to ancient mythology, uh, Dagon was the father of Baal. Uh, he was a fish god, and he represented he was represented as a half man, half fish creature. Yeah,
1: I did. No one mentioned it to me, but I did throw in like, could have looked, it probably looked like a merman. Yeah, um, and that, to your point, is why he would have looked like that. So, so what happened to this statue? All right, so. They take it
0: um, into the temple of of Dagon. And after the first night, they found Dagon had fallen on his face before the Ark of the Lord. Um, So they put the statue back in its place. Mm -hmm. So after the second night, they found Dagon had fallen again. But this time, he was on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. But his, his head and his hands had been broken off and were laying on the threshold. And only his body remained.
1: Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty gruesome. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just a statue. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> pretty gr- <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh, getting into the um, main questions here, Jason, for you. What are some warning <coughs> signs that sin is ruining you?
1: Um, I gave several signs during the message. Uh, let me highlight... Uh, a few that i think may just impact me and i think they they didn't would be signs from a lot of people uh for me i i think i feel numb that's a huge warning sign um i i'm numb and emotionless, emotionless to the bible and church and even uh being with other christians like i have no desire just i don't i don't care i don't want to be around anyone um so, and I'd say when you feel spiritually numb, uh, you better run to repentance and the cross of Christ. Like, serious repentance is the only way back to from being numb. There's no other. Time won't do it. Um, you know, watching a, a, a video, even a, um, a sermon video is not going to do it. The only time a sermon video or watching a preacher uh, clip is if that preacher is forcing us back to repentance. It's just, you have to get your heart right with God. So that when you start feeling numb, and I, I would say we've all been there following Jesus long enough, uh, repentance. A few other warning signs. Um, how pa- How patient I am with my children is a yeah. strong warning sign. Uh, Because they expose how truly selfish I'm being as a Christ follower. So if I see I'm not being very patient with my kids, there's a a sin, unchecked, unrepentant sin in my life that's that's allowing me to place that over my own children. So patience is a good indicator, warning sign. And lastly, I don't say this too jokingly, um, but my wife warns me, (laughs) so uh, she certainly points out if I have a a bad attitude or laziness, and um, again, all of those are just symptoms of other sin bubbling underneath, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about later, but so there's a few of mine. Um, How about you? How can a believer warn another believer that's living in sin, so... Uh, with grace and truth, uh,
0: approaching them using God's word, pointing them to Jesus, uh, hopefully helping them to see what you said the need to repent and turn back to Christ. I have a, a couple of verses here to back this up. You got Galatians um, 6 1. I just hit the wrong button. Uh, Galatians 6 1 Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted um so i mean i think we're called to look out and help other believers uh, and then you have proverbs 27:17 iron sharpens iron and one man
1: sharpens another so all right so let's say you do all of that with a family member or friend and they're yep. they're like you know what you can mind your own business or you know, I don't need, you know, you don't need to judge me. What's your response? Because that, ha- I mean, to be fair, there's been very few times where that confrontation ends with gracious repentance. Right. It's usually people put up walls and they're like, you know, yeah. just don't tell me. Well, you know. if
0: you have a believer who uh, refuses to repent, then I, and you've, uh, you've done all these steps, then I, you pray for them obviously but I think mean, you have to let them you have to walk away and let them be I yeah. mean,
1: here's another extra question I was just reading something this has nothing to do with it's more about church discipline I was reading this book and talking about barring someone from communion which I think is totally a biblical thing that that could happen in a local church but what does that functionally look like are you going to have guards at the yeah. communion table and so be like to wing Nap. Up at the yeah. Joy, don't shoot them <laughs> just no, don't, don't let them have communion I don't know I've never
0: thought about that or, or what it would look like I don't know I mean cause but there yeah. are I mean there's already warnings on communion that's
1: that's where I was going to go with it That that I guess that would be mine as long as we have made that clear distinction of we don't think it's wise or think you should take communion we don't recognize you as a believer taking communion so if you're gonna ignore that you're just drinking judgment upon, upon yourself, yourself yeah. so a, those are that's random but it was tough mm-hmm. I just thought about that yesterday but two uh, fear the consequences but don't address the root of the problem. So, recap, recap question for you, Jason. Why did the
0: Philistines avoid the threshold of Dagon?
1: I, I think the most logical answer is that the statue could fall, Dagon could fall on them and crush them um, on the threshold. So, there, there has to be some sort of baseline logical reason that of that. Um, outside of that, I guess I'm not really sure. Um, other than superstition, maybe just, <laughs> superstition, yeah. And you'll see that this Sunday when they when they're trying to send the ark back, the two people they call they call the priest um, of of the Philistines, but then they also call uh, the diviners. Um, so you know, there's some superstition going on. I'm not superstitious little, but just a little, a little stitious. Stitious. I am a little same. Same. <laughs> all
0: right all right. Uh, so what is wrong with only behavior modification
1: <clears throat> let's see if I can address and this. I would
0: suggest if anyone is confused listening to this you might want to go back and listen to the sermon
1: <laughs> well I don't maybe this will give some clarification I know this is a cliche illustration Uh, But I think it's still true. If you have cancer You don't need a band-aid. Okay, you need cancer treatment. Okay, you can cover your body with bandages But you've got something going on inside of you. That's going to kill you if it's left untreated Mm -hmm. So when we only focus on behavior modification, like we're just trying to be a good person like just trying to uh, Be a better Christian if that's the focus is just changing our behavior we really we neglect to see the root of our sin problem, um, but I, I did want to clarify because I really wrestled with this even since, as I was prepping that message and since Sunday, um, I I also want to clarify behavior modification isn't wrong. Um, yeah. I would say it's biblically necessary. Uh, there's just needs to be the correct order. So it's yeah. like it's like treating. Treating something without being diagnosed, that's foolish, Right. but it's equally foolish to be diagnosed and not treat it. So there just has to be a correct order in that. So you have to find the root problem, and then you'll begin to see what behaviors need to change. And I bring all of that up just because the longer I'm in ministry, the longer I've been trying to grow in my relationship with Christ, I... I knew about sin, of course, and I knew what sinful and knew what I should and shouldn't do. But I think when you start to peel back layers of, of the root causes of some of your sin issues, um, then you can begin to figure out, all right, well, then how can I stop participating in, you know, sin? Um, If you're, constantly um i'm just giving a wild example let's just say you're constantly greedy hmm. and you're like well i don't i don't want to be um i don't want to be um greedy but i fail to see that maybe your childhood you fail to see that your childhood was like full of nothing like your parents were poor like maybe they were terrible with their money and you had nothing or as a kid and now that you do have money you have become super greedy with that and I think you're overcompensating of the root problem is like you didn't deal with that as a kid of not having anything Mm -hmm. and now that you've got money you're just wiling out so of course greed is still the sin yeah. But starting to see some of the root causes of that um, begins to, I think in many ways, what we'll talk about is is see uh, the idol that you're worshiping underneath all of that. So to your question, yep. what is the root of problem of our sin? So when I first read the question,
0: my media thought it was selfishness or um, pride. And I think those are right, but I think, like you said, they all... Point to something else, which is our failure to believe in or lean on God. Um, as you stated in the sermon, that we're worshiping something other than the one true God. Um, right. Our biggest problem is that we need a new heart. You said we need a heart that binds or that bends to the will of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, I, if you go back to the um, the garden um, mm-hmm. and. Like, what's their sin in there? Is their sin that they didn't listen to God? Well, that's true. They didn't listen to God. I think the lie of the, of the enemy, the lie of the serpent, is like, no, you can be God. Mm-hmm. I think in many ways that's the root of all of our sin, pride, selfishness. Um, and that, I think that's where idols become like, I what is it? Paul Tripp call calls us our hearts are like an idol factory, you know. <laughs> um, so I think that's that's so much of the root of our problem. It's you want to be God, and then you just you want to be worshipped. You and you create other things that you worship. I mean it. Uh, I so anyways. I think it's good to to dig down deeper than just. Well, you're a mean angry person and you should just stop being mean and angry. And I would say, okay, well why why do you even act like that? Why do you even think like that? What causes that for you to be that out of control? Like So anyways, all right. Well, let's I'm glad we solved nothing there, but <laughs> three pass off the judgment to someone else yep. uh versus 16 through 12. Or no, 6 through 12. Yep. Recap for you, firing away, where did the Ark of God travel? So, after Ashdod, it went to Gath. Uh,
0: sadly, we are not sure of the location of this city in modern Israel. Um, but it was another one of the five royal cities, of the Philistines. But then after um, Gath, they took it to Ekron. Yeah.
1: So... The question to follow up with that is, why do we tend to pass blame in our our sin? You skipped one. Did I? Another recap. Oh, I don't have it. Oh, no I do. What (laughs) (laughs) what plague afflicted... This will be helpful for Sunday, so we (laughs) do need to... What plague afflicted the Philistines?
0: Uh, All the men, uh, young and old, had tumors... Uh, the tumors that afflicted the Philistines were most likely inflamed lymph nodes. Yep. This is most common symptom of the bubonic plague, yep. which is spread through rodents such as mice. Yeah. Little extra back, back
1: yeah. Which is on Sunday. We'll study. Obviously, they um, they made golden images, images of, yeah, I read the, of the tumors for all the cities and the mice yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah I'm still working through the points for Sunday but it is a wild uh, it's it's wild to f- just watch the Philistines try to figure out how do mm-hmm. we make ourselves right with this God how do we figure this out
0: everything I looked up about those tumors I was like well, what I was like what is this tumor in in ancient Israel what is yeah. that in everything Listed this, but it also pointed back to those... Road, like they, every, every article mentioned the golden rodents.
1: Oh, yeah. That they made this, yeah. I think that's... That, so a lot of that, if you're thinking... Whether the tumors and we're saying bubonic plague, that kind of stuff. It's because it's so random for them to make... Right. These, go, golden. these golden mice or whatever. <laughs> uh, or tumors that you're like, okay. That's probably... What the, um, what they mean by that? So, anyways, all right. Um, sorry, I'm distracted because I continue to hear some radio station, Uh-oh. and it's you this didn't. stupid okay. thing. It's picking up everything. But, all right, now we're in the question. Yep. Why do we tend to pass blame in our sin?
0: Uh, because we do not want to take responsibility for our actions. Yeah. Um, it's easier to blame something or someone else i have um, romans chapter 2 verse 1 here therefore you have no excuse oh man every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself because you the judge practice the very same things mm. so, that's good don't pass the blame
1: yeah man oh. up repent <laughs> Sound. <laughs> yeah. i should uh See how many sermons in a row I can call me say, a weaker or call, call you men weaker tell them to man up. Um, I I do hope people realize like when I say that, you know I still struggle with all this yeah. stuff. You know, like I just, um, I think you can and should say hard things when you preach, but it doesn't mean that they're not hard for you. Right, you you're not know? Like, I'm yeah. not. Like, I just feel. I think you share that. I hope Often so. Your you know? And that you're like, I, everyone, everyone, like, you're like, God, you stupid, Eli. Like, and his sons, they're just like, wait a second, man. Like, you, you all struggle. Everyone, we struggle with these things. That's what makes it so terrifying. Um, so. All
0: right. all right. Question for you, Jason uh, Why do we think moving our sin problems around will make them go away?
1: I didn't mention it Sunday, but I, I think we do that because it does work in the temporary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it might even let you, like, fool people for a while. So there is some sort of temporary fix. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'll give an example. When my mom asked me to clean my room as a kid, I would shove all the dirty clothes under the bed. Um, so my room... Did look clean for a while, but it really wasn't. I, like I just moved that problem under the bed. Yep. So here's the truth: um, if you if you're selfish and mean in East Tennessee, you'll be selfish and mean in Florida, hmm. uh, California, Texas, or any state or plate place on this planet. Uh, you can't outrun your problems because the problem is usually you. Uh, So I say all that when we move problems around, we're really just hurting others because those problems are following us. Uh, A new job, a new relationship, a new place, it really might be an awesome choice and the right choice and something needed if you've dealt with your own sin issues. Just don't Assume those things will fix the ugliness stirring in your heart. Like a job. If you if you struggle with submitting to authority and you're like, I just my boss, it just he doesn't get me or she doesn't get me, and you struggle with submitting to authority and you don't like the way that they do things, going to a new job is not going to fix that. Because you're still going to struggle with authority, yep. and that new job has a new boss with things that you're not gonna like either, so and i'm not again, I'm not saying that sometimes there's not I've had jobs where I'm like I can't work here anymore, you know <laughs> like, yeah. I just and moving on was the right choice it just um you know i need you need to make sure that like are those it's not just because of your own sin, yeah yeah, so. Um, but I think we see that a lot. People will, especially, I think the biggest example is probably relationships. People will just, like, they weren't right for me, and they move on to a new relationship, and they're like, yeah, but you are not seeing what's not right with you, and, uh, you just want that other relationship to fix you, and that's not how it works. Like, you're just hurting other people as you move along, so... Um, trying to make that leap there. Hopefully that people see that even with the Philistines, they're just not dealing with their own yeah. sin. That they're and they just keep passing this ark even to their their <laughs> to own, own people. people. Yeah. yeah, you and, brought that up in the survey. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. You're like how, not
0: even to another nation, they send it to another Philistine
1: city. <laughs> That's what I just thought. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, you you would think you're like, all right, if it's gonna if this is a weapon. And it's going to hurt us. Why would we continue to give that to someone else? But we do it with our own (laughs) sin all the time. So, all right, four. Let's go to the positive. Confess your sin to the Lord and be forgiven. That's Psalm 32, 3 through 5. Two questions when we look about confession, just as clarification as we wrap up this portion What does confession look like for an unbeliever? Like the Philistines are obviously they're unbelievers of one true true God. What does confession look like? I have some scripture to
0: share first. um, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Uh, Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I have Acts three nineteen. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. So, I think your first step as an unbeliever is that you have to repent. You have to know that you are living in sin. And I think that's something that happens in your mind. Um, the second thing uh, an unbeliever must do is to be saved is to believe. Um, you have to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Um, and the final, I have one final uh, scripture: Romans ten thirteen. Uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord
1: will be saved. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I, I did. I just wanted to make that distinction that it's certainly different. Um, I think there's a, the first act of confession for an unbeliever is getting their heart right with yeah. God. You know, it's yeah. salvation. Which would lead to repentance, yes. Yeah. Um, so, that's good. Yeah. So,
0: on the flip side, what does confession look like for a believer?
1: <laughs> Mine is so much more simple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any scripture references, although there's plenty. Oh, yeah. I'll, let me just give two examples that hopefully these are about as practical as they can be. For a believer, there's daily confession. Mm-hmm. Every believer should be confessing every single day. They're getting their heart right with God. I mean, it's literally the Lord. The Lord's prayer. It's how the Lord taught us to pray. and We're confessing our sins to each other, confessing our sins to the Lord. Um that's a that should be a daily thing. And I say that knowing that like certainly there's been plenty of days, seasons in my life that didn't happen. But it should have. There should be daily confession and I would say weekly communion. Um I've I've gotten that question a lot since I've been here about why our church takes communion every week. Mm -hmm. Um And people, I know people bring that up because they have, a lot of them have either a non-denominational or Baptist background, and you take communion once a month or once a quarter. Um, Growing up, I think we did it once a quarter. Our last church was once a month. So this was brand new to me, taking it every week here. Mm -hmm. And what I've told people, I... the primary reason I love it is because it forces us every single week uh, as we gather with brothers and sisters in Christ to confess corporately that on Sunday morning you've got a bunch of believers around you that are confessing they should be at least confessing their sin to the Lord um, and it, it it almost it reinforces the gospel to me before I get up and teach you know like I don't think I don't always have a right heart when I come in here on Sunday morning. Um, even in your best effort, you're just like, I've had a terrible week or um, just haven't been living for the Lord like I should. and mm-hmm. Or I'm just, you know, you're losing on your kids that morning, whatever it is, you know? And so it's just, it's a built in uh, discipline of a mm-hmm. weekly communion that I think is, is so good and important. And so I love that we do it every week. I don't think it's, Oh, personally, I don't think it's a religious law. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I'm not saying a church that takes it once a month is going to be rebuked. Um, but I that that's why I like so daily confession, weekly mm-hmm. communion. It would be what confession could look like for a believer. Um, all right, we're done. Let's do a last question. It's I know. It's so random. I keep telling you every time. Come up with something. Cause it's the I, wording. It was the wording. All right. Well, here's I'm what like, I do. Here's what I do. I'm, I'm like, all right. We got to think of a random question. Look, did you think of this on your own? Yeah. Okay. I think of a random question, and I looked around my house, and I was like, well, here's a cup of coffee, and I drink coffee a lot. So, the question is... My. Random end question. Is it wrong for Christians to depend on caffeine? <sighs> depend. Which is in coffee, which is a drug. Caffeine is a drug. You can tell you can say it's not. It's a drug. By every definition, it's a drug. <sighs> so science would call it a drug. Science never gets anything wrong, Chris. <laughs> Science changes (laughs) daily according to who you talk to. Yeah. Anyway,
0: to depend. No, if well, if you're solely depending on caffeine, then yes, I would say that that's that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you always have to ask the questions. Is this right? Is it honoring God? That's my cop out. that I always Mm -hmm. have on these, these weird questions. But no, I, we shouldn't be addicted to anything.
1: I don't think that's a cop-out. I think that's a <laughs> biblical... And,
0: well, no, but I just... I, I feel like that's not, I always go to that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not wrong.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah,
0: that's my answer. Very confusing, I know, but...
1: Oh, let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. Oh, so whether you eat or drink... And I know there's a lot of history that goes into that before we get to those verses, but whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that we may be saved. Um, I think I, I was just, I did probably too much research, but I was just trying to figure out, I'm like, who, who doesn't like Caffeine you know who would say who what Christian on the internet would tell me caffeine is bad for believers and I'm like I bet John MacArthur doesn't like it and so <laughs> I, did. I and he didn't say anything explicit I, so I'm not sure he loved it um, but I you know I certainly respect what he what he has to say He's certainly smarter than me so he, he tried to hear like everyone's thoughts and John Piper was pretty um, lenient. On it, and then Heath Lambert, I think he was. I think he might have been one of Corey's professors when she was at Bible College. Um, he had good things to say. He he actually quoted First Corinthians six twelve. All things are lawful lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. I think there's um, to his point. He's making the case like, look. Guys, if you if you wake up and you're like, I can't I can't be a nice human being. Like you see all those pictures on Facebook, especially from Christians, you're like, you know, I'm I'm Satan until I have my coffee. Yeah. You know, and you're like, Well, I get what you're saying and I know it's just a joke. But we do need to go back to the heart of that of are you depending upon a substance to live by the fruits of the spirit? Mm-hmm. And if you are, that's a problem. Now, if you're using caffeine to just keep you going and you're doing that in a responsible, healthy way, personally, whatever, um, then people might disagree. But I think it's the dependency on something uh, to be a certain person. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that even just saying that opens up. A lot of Pandora's box, even with um you know medication for mental health issues, but i i, I would probably treat that separately <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um but anyway, so if you gotta wake up in the morning and you're like, you can't even be a loving human being without caffeine. caffeine, you need to check your heart like you need to get something else is going on um now. Hey, let me tell you one thing I've been doing. This is like a two, two or three days. I saw it in a video. Um, <laughs> it was talking about don't drink caffeine right when you wake up because okay. your body has natural built in hormones to wake you up when you wake up. So when you take caffeine, like all you're doing is suppressing all that. Oh, you're wasting your caffeine. So they're telling you, like, wait. I'd say an hour to an hour and a half after mm-hmm. you wake up before you drink a caffeinated beverage, coffee, or whatever. And then the the goal with that is, all right. Well, your hormones have already done their job. You drink caffeine, and then you don't get an afternoon crash as much. And I'll be, it works. Dag on. it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I have lit. I woke up. I wake up. And drink a bottle of water. Okay. And then wait an hour, hour and a half, about an hour, and drink a cup of coffee. And I, it really does. And are you able to function as a human? Yeah, I, but I've never really struggled too much <laughs> with, like, you know, those people, they wake up and they gotta, like, army mm. crawl to the, you know, the curator. I don't need do coffee anyway. I'd yeah, but. It, caffeine I caffeine mean, from soda. So. Yeah, but do you drink? No, you not personally. Like, in the roll room? over and grab a doctor no. enough? Yeah. So there you go. Try it out. Church, that's my (laughs) non-pastoral, not found in the Bible advice that I saw online. Uh, Wake up, give it an hour or so, drink some water, you're probably dehydrated, and then go after caffeine. Unless you think it's sinful, then don't do it. (laughs) it. (laughs) All right, we're done. You want to pray? Yeah, I can uh dearly Father just
0: thank you again for this time that we can uh get together and dive deeper into your word uh, I pray that we're all able to look into our own lives and and find idols and and things that um block our relationship with you and that we can get rid of those and draw closer to you lord and and just lift you and your son up and and give you all the glory um just continue to thank you for everything that you're doing here at east river park and um thank you for Jason and him giving his time to to do this podcast and and all that he means uh, to you in this church. And it's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.
1: Well, on, Chris, that was <laughs> nice of you. All right, I'll stop after that because <laughs> it's already old. <laughs>